Hey guys, welcome back to the Detour Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Jones, and we've got another special edition as we preview the World Championships for both the men and the women. I'm joined, as always, by four-time National Road Race Champion from Australia, Johnny Trevorrow, the voice of cycling, Phil Liggett, and Team Bike Exchange rider, and dual Olympic bronze medalist, Sam <laughs> Pilty. Uh, welcome to the show, fellas. Uh, I'll start with you, Phil. Uh, you must be pretty excited for another World Championships. Uh, well, I'm I'm very excited, but uh, I'm going to watch it like everybody else from afar. But what the best thing about this week at the World so far has been the crowds, the return to world-class cycling to the best country in the world for cycling, there's no doubt about that, Belgium. And I'll tell you, this weekend is going to be superb. And it's on the modern times, it's on television somewhere in every country. So we're all going to enjoy it. But uh, I'm rather sad I'm not there, I'll be quite honest. I was there... I was there as a commissaire back in 1975, and I've got great memories of the professional road race when I was in the, uh, I drew the number one car as the commissaire, that the providers was the world champion of the day, which was Henny Kuiper. And I was in the first car behind him as he crossed the lines, the commissaire, sat alongside me, was my hero of the day, which was Jan Janssen, the former winner of the Tour de France who seemed to ride his professional life wearing those dark glasses and never have a hair out of place, no matter how hard he tried. So great memories for me, uh, but learning how to be a commissaire at a world level in Belgium was special too. They were so helpful. And the crowds are manic. Let's were you enjoy. a hothead, Phil, as a commissaire? Were you like <laughs> no, um, I've got one or two friends. They are friends now, but I did disqualify them as pros in, in yeah. the bike races. Yeah. Um, oh. And I, I had to tell one, a very famous pro, uh, to leave. My, he came back to, to literally give me a mouthful. Um, and I said, look, leave the car now and it's all forgotten. If you stay one second longer, you're out of the race. And he left the car. And we became very good friends after you retired. <laughs> oh, the passive-aggressive threat. That would have got the chocolates. <laughs> and what about you, Bills? Um, have you ridden many world championships over the years? Uh, <clears throat> a few. A few. Not many. Not a lot, actually. I think about three or four, maybe. Mm. Um, um, not a lot. Three or four. That's not bad. Well, not, as, not as many as... I haven't done, I suppose. <laughs> but is it is there something special about obviously the world championships from a, a rider's perspective and the mentality going into the worlds? Yeah, well, the worlds is awesome because the 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 coolest thing about the worlds is that you represent your country. You know, you spend all year representing your your trade team, whether it's Team Bike Exchange or whoever it is, and you represent them proudly. Um, but you only get the chance once. Uh, once a year, really, to, to represent your country. If you're if you're a Kiwi or an Aussie or or a, or a Pom, you get the chance to do it at the Commonwealth Games every couple of years as well in the Olympics, but not so often. So yeah, it's it's always a proud moment to put the the black strip on for us. And I got my All Black shirt on today because the All Blacks are playing at the moment. Um, What's the score? Oh, uh, we'll give you an update at the end of the game. Doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> um, what about you? <laughs> what about you, Ify? Like, how many worlds did you do? And, and knowing your preparation for the Olympic Games, uh, you probably didn't maximise your opportunities when you did ride. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> I rode a couple as an amateur, and I think I rode four, four as a pro. Uh, but great memories, and it is pretty special. Um, 
as Bill's just said, you know, you get a chance to ride for your country uh, in a world championship in the in the top uh, uh, level of sport. Uh, it's pretty special. And there's something really special about the, the rainbow jersey as well, you know. That's why it's just so, so sought after because to wear that, you get to wear that for the whole year, and it's something you know uh, uh, amazing. But um, and this is a special one. I mean, this is a hundred years. This is you know this is the the centenary uh, of the World Championships, and most fitting that it's in in Flanders. So I'm looking forward to uh, to tonight with the with the women's and, and tomorrow. It's going to be something special. Well, I I didn't go on the last episode because there was four people and it's hard to navigate, but we're going to go all out. And I think we're going to go live now to Belgium, uh, the heart of cycling, and to get an insight on the atmosphere. And we're joined by the fellas now, and that is, of course, Richard Moore from the Cycling Podcast, Bernard Mormon, and Jamie Anderson, the proprietors of the Flanderen Hotel. Fellas, welcome to the detour. I'll start with you, uh, Richard. You're obviously one of the top journalists in cycling in the world, and you've got a podcast that uh, goes pretty well as well. What's the atmosphere like on the ground there in Belgium? The atmosphere here in the Flandern Hotel is very nice indeed. I've been enjoying their hospitality. Um, but, yeah, I was in Bruges at the start of the week for the time trials. And I think, you know, building up to that, there was a lot of uncertainty about just how many people would be there um, because it really feels like things are opening up here a bit. But the crowds were amazing. And then live in the last, well, yesterday, day before, huge, huge crowds. Uh, so I think it's going to be a, a tremendous weekend. And, it, you know, after two years of the races in Flanders happening behind closed doors, it's really felt like a sort of a bit of a triumph already. And I think, as, as Phil says, uh, you know, Flanders is the place for bike racing. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a fantastic weekend. Just, just... Not as many international visitors, obviously, but you don't really need them in Flanders because there are so many <laughs> locals here who are who are out on the roadside. Yeah, Jamie, um, we've obviously got the AFL Grand Final on in Australia here, and that that is one of the biggest sporting events. Does this feel like the Grand Final for Belgium this weekend? Yeah, Dan, it's amazing. You know, the the fast has broken. You know, people have missed their cycling over, over the last eighteen months, and and now with with this week happening, the atmosphere is just electric. Bernard and I, we were in Antwerp yesterday for the start um, of the, the under-23s race and just the, the numbers of people at the start and then the helicopters flying low over the city. Uh, yeah, the atmosphere is just incredible here right now. And, and I mean, even this week at the, uh, the, the junior women's time trial, there were crowds four deep at, at the finish line. So it's, it's amazing. Um, Bernard, I'll, I'll just last one for me is uh, obviously there was a big standout. We're going to do an episode with you guys on uh, Tuesday night. We're going to be talking about African cycling, but uh, Gourmet, who ran second in the under-23s, I mean, what an amazing story. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the way he did it, you know, if you see the heli helicopter coverage of the last 300 metres, the guy is 20th, 300 metres from the finish. And then the oh. way he gets, uh, wins the sprint, so to speak, to get second, it's unbelievable. And I think a lot of people forget that he is the only one that in, in a junior race beat Avonapool three years ago. So this is a guy with quite a future in front of him. Yeah. Well, we've got some uh, big brains in the world of cycling uh, on the detour today. So we want to get some predictions. I'll start with you, Bills. Who do you think is going to win the men's road race title this year? Well, it is obviously some clear favourites. Um, but I think 
I think a favourite, the top favourite is not going to win. I think winning in Belgium is very, very difficult. It's uh, The races are unpredictable in a sense. Obviously, the, the style of the, the modern era of cycling is, is unpredictable in its own way. But racing on that course in Belgium, it's quite tricky. It's quite technical. Um, you know, the Belgians say they're all in for, for Wolf Van Aert, which is probably correct. But at the same time, I don't think you can play with one favourite in a race like this. You need you need to run a, a bit of a quick step model, I suppose, like they do in the in the classics. Um, so to contradict all of that, <laughs> my favourite, <laughs> who probably hasn't got the team to do that, my favourite is Peter Sagan, actually, <clears throat> out of the blue. Peter Sagan or Casper Askren? Wow. Yeah. Oh, I'm interested in that one, Sam. I must say, uh, I put Peter Sagan down as my rank outsider to surprise us all, and you've gone for him as the race favourite. Oh, that's a, well, I'll, I'll, I'll just rewrite my notes now. Come on, Phil, gonna, if you disagree, who's going to win it? Well, I think you might be right. He's just the sort of guy to, to flick us like that, Peter, and he's, he's on form now. He's won his own home tour this week without winning a stage, or that last week or whenever it was. Um my heart wants Alaphilippe to win because he's my favourite cyclist at the moment. And I made a commercial with him and got to like him as a person as well. So um, Cash I'd love Alaphilippe. And he's been a very, well, yeah, indeed. And he's been a very, very good world champion too. He's wore yes. that jersey with pride. So it would be nice to extend his, his Libra. If, and if the Belgians ride as a team, uh, then I think Van Aert will win. But the question is, will they ride as a team? Uh, uh, Evan Poel is rather concerned about Eddie Merckx's comments over the last couple of days about saying he's not a team rider, and I think to a degree he isn't. He's a he's a very individual rider. We'll see how he comes out on the day uh, tomorrow. But uh, either way, I'll guarantee we saw it with the junior race and with the under twenty threes. The course is made for attacking riding, and when you've got crowds all the way around it, uh, these guys want to perform. So we are going to see one heck of a show a showdown out there. It's going to last the best part of six hours and a bit. So, um, favourites very rarely win the world titles because they're heavily marked, but we'll see. And nobody knows what Mathieu van der Poel is going to do. Um, he, he messed his back up, yes. Uh, he said he wants to rise. He's not going to come and make a disgrace of himself. So, I wonder. No, we Brits, better hear from, who knows where the Brits from... go. We better hear from Matthew because this is a detour record. He's gone about nine and a half minutes without saying this something. This is a so detour Don, record. <laughs> what do you think, John? Well, I, I think uh, Van der Poel. Hang, on, is hang on, hang on, hang on. Can I say something? Yeah, yeah, cut him off. Perfect. On your bills, Yes, John. Van der Poel is my rank outsider. I think if, uh, he, he could do anything. Um, but uh, I'm going to go with the favourite. I think Wood, Wood Van Aert uh, can win. He will need uh, a Van der Poel to uh, ride, unlike Eddie says, as a as a support man. I don't remember Eddie uh, being Van, very Hang good. on. Van der Poel is on the different team to uh, Van Aert. No, I said a Van der Poel. A Van der Poel. Oh, dear. oh, oh, that sound like Vanderpool. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, John. Oh, sorry, my <laughs> <laughs> Vanderpool is great. John, 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 it's 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 Wout von Art. That's it, Wout von Art, John. I, I, I've only messaged six times to the detour to try to get this pronunciation right, John. So we we be sorting our fingers crossed. He, well, John well, has been saying it this way so long that Wout is going to change his name by deed. <laughs> okay, John, let's clear the slate. Let's start again. Yes, so. off we go, John. Well, John. run out. 
Well, but, uh, we'll win. Evanapol will need to ride in support, although Eddie doesn't think he can. But Eddie was never a great support rider himself, so I don't know what he's carrying on about. Um, and I think Evanapol will do that and uh, be uh, 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 the, the key to uh, Belgium taking it home. And the whole uh, oh country will erupt. Yep. So that's now, the Belgian like team doomed. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He's got the iffy kibosh. Uh, now, hey, but what, Richard, if you... Sorry, um, well, we can ask Richard. Right, okay. my, my real fancy is Sonny Colbrelli. Mm. He is on yeah. fire this year, and he's a big danger. And he'll get over these Flanders Hills. And, of course, I think he would be the best finisher if he got his chance. What do you think of that, Richard? Well, we were looking for clues yesterday in the 22 race in particular about how the, the men's race might unfold. Um, because the beauty of the World Championship is nobody's ever raced on the course before. So... There's no kind of blueprint for it. Um, I was watching with somebody yesterday who thought, based on the under 23 race, that it'd be quite a big group would come to the finish on Sunday. I've got this fantasy of Philippe, Van Aert, and Van der Poel getting away together, the three of them, like we saw Flanders in 2020, and, and kind of unfinished business. None of them hits a motorbike, and we get a finish between them. Um, but I think. Uh, well, I was speaking to Thomas van den Spiegel yesterday, who's sort of running the, the show here for Flanders Classics. He thinks van der Poel has been bluffing the last few weeks. There's nothing wrong with him. He wouldn't be here if he wasn't capable of winning, and he thinks he'll he'll win. Uh, so if he isn't fit and, and on form, this course is absolutely made for, for van der Poel. So if he is capable of winning, I think, I think he's perhaps the favourite. And I think he's in a team where they're all definitely riding for him. Van Aert, with Van Aert, there is this question with the Belgian team. But having said that, even the pole is a, a different kind of rider, isn't he? And, and he's somebody who wins races on his own. So he goes up the road with 30 kilometers to go on his own. And Van Aert's in a group behind. That puts the Belgian team in a very strong position. I was going to ask you, Richard, from a journalistic point of view, who gets more cut through uh, with stories? Eddie Merckx? Because every time he says something, it seems to piss riders off. Or uh, Patrick Lefebvre? Because every time he talks, it pisses everyone off. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny. I mean, the, the, yeah, but I don't know if Patrick Lefebvre's comments get the same um, attention in Belgium as they do elsewhere. You know, I think in the in the... Certainly, in the English-speaking world, there's a lot of uh, a lot of criticism for Lefebvre's comments. I don't get the sense that it's the same. You guys can maybe yeah. confirm or deny that yeah. the same in Belgium. I think the one the one uh, incident recently that has gotten a lot of bad headlines was his drunken appearance the other night on on telly here in Belgium. I think it was mm. Sunday night. Yes, and and he was that that got quite a lot of attention. Mm. Um, but some of his other comments kind of passed without comment here, as yeah. far as I can yeah. tell. But there's also, I mean, when I and I were talking over breakfast this morning, the, 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 the silent factor actually in the Eddie Merckx and uh, the discussions being going on is the fervor, actually, because, you know, Belgium wants a world champion, that, that's for sure. But Lefebvre wants a quick step world champion. Mm. So that shows all kinds of dynamics. So maybe you can speak to that, Bruno, because I think that's 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 something that hasn't been spoken about a lot. That Lefebvre wants a quick step world champion, and whether that's Belgium, sure. someone else, he wants a world champion in the quick step team. Yeah, I think this is the base of everything, huh? Because every manager of a team wants to have the rainbow jersey in his team next year, and also the sponsors want that. So that's not news, but 
Lefebvre is the most outspoken guy on that fact. He, he will just plain simple throw it out there. And he will throw that out for sure to the riders. He will tell all his riders from all his countries, hey, guys, next year, that jersey stays here. So you will understand, even if it's a, a, even a pool getting in a break, the only thing he, even a pool will remember from his manager is saying, like, that jersey stays with us. So let's say there is a break of eight, nine guys. Chances are that there is nine or, nine or ten different nationalities, but four or five quick step guys. So what do you think is going to happen? Of course, those guys are going to talk because they need to live with each other every day. They're every, every guy's bread. So, and, but in Belgium, since Belgium rightfully said by Jamie in, in the article in Forbes, it's a religion here. So here, racing, winning a race is, gives you a status. So we want this to, to stay here. And then press makes all kinds of things out of what was said from Avonapool and from Eddie Max. Because are we sure that what is seen in the press is really what the intention was of what the two guys were saying? We don't know. But what is said comes out of the fact that normally you race as a team, as a club team, and tomorrow they race as a country, which is a completely different dynamic. Hey, Bills, in the races, is there a lot of team support when you're on the road or is it literally, you know, I'm running from a country now, get stuffed? Uh, I think there's probably circumstances where where that happens uh for example last year in Imola when uh Alaphilippe was away and, and Roglic was in the group with Van Aert he Van Aert Roglic copped a lot of slack from the Belgians for not for not riding for Van Aert in that situation but I think the intention was to do that he was just on the limit so in a circumstance like that I think Roglic knows okay I'm not going to win this sprint if it comes back Van Aert's going to win he works for me all year for in the trade team I'll pull yeah. some turn, some hard turns here I think in those circumstances yes it happens in general, I think not. I think cyclists are, um, are loyal to to the shirt they're wearing at the time. Obviously, if you're riding for Quickstep, you're riding for Bike Exchange or whoever it may be, you're loyal to those people. Uh, when you're riding for your country, uh, you're loyal to your country and you're loyal to your countrymen. And I think that's that just comes down to national pride. Everybody's everybody's proud to represent their country in whatever it is. You know, uh, if you're if you're somewhere else on, on the other side of the world and, and you've got your shirt on for for your country, then you, you you're loyal to those people. So I think. Generally speaking, it's not a big thing, but in certain circumstances, I'm sure, I'm sure it happens. Now, if your biggest claim to fame is you designed the course for the 2010 World Championships here in Geelong, uh, what do you make of the actual course structure? Because if you look at the profile, it looks like an irregular heartbeat with someone with coronary <laughs> heart disease. I've never seen a profile like that before in my life. <laughs> Uh, I, I love it actually. Um, the men's race tomorrow is it's a bit confusing. They they you know they start in Antwerp, come down to Leuven, do a couple of laps, go down, do the Flandrian circuit, come back, do a few more laps of Leuven, then go back and do the Flandrian circuit, and then come back and finish in Leuven. So it's all over the place. I hope they get the they don't make a mistake and send them the, the wrong lap. But um, no, fantastic. It's it's a brilliant course. It looks really really tough, but. Those that short, punchy hills, and they suit different types of riders. I can tell you now, Caleb Ewan, I don't know that he has the form uh, to do it, but Caleb, in, in his best form, would be a possibility. You put him into it with a chance in this. He loves those punchy climbs, and he's proven to be able this year, especially to get over them, but I don't know how well he's come back. Uh, Richard, is there any hype around uh, the Aussies over there in Belgium, or we don't get a mention? No, actually, I mentioned Caleb Ewan 
uh, in our podcast this week, a rival podcast. Um, he, hey, yeah. We're not rivals, mate. We're not rivals. No, we're no, no, friends. No, no. And we would really appreciate if you mentioned the detail on the side. <laughs> 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 I mean, also Michael Matthews, you know, the, the racist has been most compared to Brabantse mm. Pale, where he's ridden very well. And Michael Matthews on form could ride very well. I don't know how he came out of the Vuelta. You know, he was, he looked pretty unhappy at the Vuelta. Um, not not to get a stage win, which is what he was there for. Um, and I don't, you know, in a in a in a small group, he could be a, a real strong contender. Um, but it's it, I, I, there's not a lot of elevations, two and a half thousand meters of elevation. Um, but it's these repeated hard efforts up steep climbs. It's it's very different to other races with similar elevation. You know, it's a completely different type of effort and. Those efforts could really take their toll. Could certainly bump the speed of someone like Caleb Ewan if he is if he is in good form and, and still there. Hard to see him winning, really, because um, I think it's it's going to be a real wearing down process. I rode the Sportive on uh, Thursday actually, which was 100 kilometers, and it was advertised as 850 meters of elevation, but actually it was 1100 meters. So there could there could be a there could be a few surprises as well. I think. Yeah. I lived in that. Uh, I lived down. I lived in that area when we first moved to Belgium. I lived in the area Flams Brabant, and that area around Overijssel, Holdenburg, where the course is going. I mean, some of those kickers are 16, 18 percent. So they may not be especially long, but if you're doing those climbs repeatedly, it's really going to take a lot of other guys. And particularly when you get that sort of that sort of gradient, it's it's when the really punchy guys can can try to you know create those gaps. Especially when I organize the site, I think that'll be key to watch. And the roads are so narrow that, you know, the bunch is so big, the roads are so narrow that a lot of guys are going to be, unless they're in the first 10, they're going to be making big efforts, you know, to, to just to, to get back. And we saw that on the 23 race as well. Yeah. I think that is a very, very big point and is underestimated. And you can't see on, on the profile there because a lot of times you will go from roads that are six meters wide to like two meters. So that means that from down to 20th, you almost start from a standstill and so those accelerations yeah. will wear a lot of guys out without knowing so you it, it's a race from the gun where you need to be top 20 and that will be very much underestimated by a lot of guys and not not to mention yeah. we saw not what, what we saw that start in antwerp you know that for guys who are not used to racing in belgium that that start from antwerp with the road furniture and the, the turns and the traffic islands and it, we saw it. We saw it yesterday. The number of crashes, that the, the nerves, the speed of the race—that's also a, a bit of an unknown factor. We could lose favourites in the first fifteen or twenty kilometres of the race. Yeah, we've got a couple of live uh, comments. G'day to Kirsty. G'day to Wendy, and g'day to Janice and the old Wheel Wizard. He says exactly what you guys were talking about. Watch the under-23 road race. Can't remember a race with so many crashes, even in the neutral zone, and the hills are not going to decide the race. So the Will Wizard thinks uh, there could be a bit of carnage. What do you think, Ify? Well, exactly as the guys were saying, it's a mixture of uh, the road furniture early, but also from going from wide roads to narrow roads. And as the boys were just saying, you race into a corner on a really narrow road, uh, and a lot of the rides, after about 20 places, you virtually come to a standstill and then you've got to accelerate. So um, that will just split it apart. But, you know, the, the riders like Caleb Ewan, they can handle that because it, it, they're just short enough, those climbs, for them to recover again. And uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see. It could very well come to a, 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 a bunch finish. Now, one name that hasn't been floated after the after the Vuelta, you know, and we interviewed him and we said, mate, you're the red hot favourite. You haven't even picked him, Johnny, is uh, Magnus Court. 
Magnus, Magnus Court. That's what I was going to say. We Magnus had a couple Court. of things. We had a couple oh, of things at the hotel. I have picked him. He's in, in my third favourite. I've got. Uh, um, you said to his face, John, that you're my favourite for the worlds, and now he's third. The thing is, Dan, that Magnus isn't with us at the moment, I've so got he can't Sonny, hear. Yeah, that's right. I got Sonny Colbrelli, uh, uh, my my second favourite. Uh, Van der Poel uh, and uh, Magnus equal third. They are okay. in my. Bills, you've you've rated Magnus. How do you rate his chances? Yeah, good, good. I, I think the Danes, the Danes, the Belgians, and the Italians have the strongest teams on paper. And like I said earlier, the the way that you race in Belgium, like listening to everybody talk here about Evenepoel and uh, the, the comments that Eddie Merckx made about him not being a teammate. What does that mean? What 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 is what is what does it mean not to be a teammate in a race like this? If he if Evenepoel follows a group, because the, the final here is going to start so early. Like 100k to go, 80k to go, it's going to be the race is going to be started. The final has started. So, even if Paul follows a move with 50k to go, that could be the winning move. Is he yes. all of a sudden not a teammate? I don't know. Like, you've, you've, got to, you've got to have guys taking the moves. And that's the position that the danger in with the, the, the depth of their team. They're going to have guys following those moves right from the start of the final. Uh, I don't know who they're going to back as their, their number one guy. Uh, it'd be very hard to pick at the moment in that team, I suspect. But, um, I think Maggie's going to be one of those guys that's going to be able to tag those moves. And even if you're working for somebody else in the team, maybe he's working for Val Green or something, or Askreen, um, you being that teammate actually create, can create opportunities for yourself in races like this. So I think, yeah, Maggie is definitely a favourite, along with a lot of other guys who had that ability to race that, that final long. Uh, yeah. before, before we let you go, Jamie, Richard and uh, Bernard, who, who is your tips well, I, I said uh, I said Magnus Court. Yeah, we had a couple of Danish guys here in the hotel uh, earlier this week, and we were talking it through. And yeah, with with his results in the Vuelta, I'd, I'd be backing Magnus. Yeah, Bernard. I I think that it will be some sort of an outsider like a Peter Sagan, because I think the really big guys will look so much to each other that they will make a mistake somewhere and let a guy that is not so much being on the top rankings win. That to me, it will be kind of an outsider or Peter Sagan. And Richard? It's, yeah, it's interesting what Sam was saying earlier about a team using the cooling tactics because that's exactly what Kasper Askren said after the time trial, that he hoped that the Danes went in with a, a flat hierarchy and not a, not a single leader. Four riders. I think Mikel Honoré has been riding really well as well recently. I think Askren has got a, got a good chance. Um, you know, he beat, beat Van der Poel in a sprint at the end of the Tour of France, didn't he? So... He's such a strong rider that the the distance and the the toughness of the race, I think, will suit a rider like that. So yeah, I can see him winning. Now, before we let you go, Jamie, we've got a special edition coming up at the Detour Podcast on Tuesday. Uh, we're obviously going to be talking about uh, your hotel, the Flanderen Hotel up there in uh, Belgium. Uh, what can you give the listeners a bit of a snippet for what we're going to be talking about on Tuesday? Yeah, well, actually, we'll be joined by Phil on Tuesday um, because Phil, together with ProTouch in South Africa, has launched uh, a foundation, the Phil Liggett Foundation, and we'll be partnering with Phil and ProTouch to launch what we call the African Riders Development Program. And I think the win by Gourmet yesterday was, was testament to what we see in terms of the talent in, in Africa. Um, however, there's, there's a big step up for a lot of these guys going from racing at, at you know, local and national level to Pro Continental and then World Tour. We want to actually create a pipeline here at the Columbia Hotel to support that. 
So the hotel we have, we opened on the 1st of July. Um, we are a full 100% cycle focused hotel. Uh, we're located between Udenada uh, and Gerasbergen. So we are smack in the middle of the route of Bedonde van Vlaanderen. So all the climbs like uh, the Moor, we've got the Berenbries, the uh, Leeburg, all within the kilometers are here. Um, we've actually created here at the hotel you know, a great environment, a clubhouse. We have uh, mezzanine levels and we've built out actually a dormitory uh, for the young African guys who will start coming over to us uh, next year. So the plan is that we'll be inviting groups of four to six young guys from places like Eritrea, Ethiopia, Rwanda. We'll be hosting them here at the Flamidian, giving them the chance to train and, of course, to race uh, in Belgium, in, in, in Flanders, also in Wallonia, of course, for a different style of racing, and also in France. So, yeah, we're very excited to actually be working with Phil and, and ProTouch to, to get it moving. Um, and, of course, we've also had an amazing two months, first opening month here at the hotel. Now with COVID sort of behind us, with people coming from all over the world. So, yeah, we'll be talking more about that on Tuesday. Yeah, good stuff, mate. Well, we really appreciate you guys taking the time out of your morning to join us on the detour. And uh, we look forward, Richard, to giving us a plug on the cycling podcast, mate. <laughs> no problem. All the best, fellas. And we'll check it again Thanks, on fellas. Tuesday, Joey. Yeah. See you, Bernard. Brilliant. Bye. See you guys. Take it easy. Bye. Cheers. Ah, fantastic to have those guys live from Belgium. Belgium. Uh, we've got a bit of feedback on the audio. I don't know what's going on there. Who's um, watching the show while they're doing it? Are you watching it on YouTube as well? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What's going on? Uh, I, I, haven't, I haven't got the ability to do that, Sam. <laughs> now, what we're going to do is take a quick break. Uh, after the break, we're going to be chatting with Donna Ray Selinski uh, to talk about the women's preview. Uh, Bills, you can go back to watching the uh, All Blacks. Or you can uh, stay and, with us. Or you can stay with us. It's up to you, mate. Whatever you want it's to half, do. Half time at the moment. Oh, well, if it's half time, <laughs> we'll have a, have a drinks break and uh, we'll see you on the back end and we'll have Donna Ray Selinski. So stay tuned. Look at this bike. You think it's just a bike, right? But it's not. <clears throat> it's a bike. 374 people are looking at. This guy, this girl, them all looking at it people from here there and wherever this is people that are looking for a bike or just a piece of it amateurs semi-amateurs and pro amateurs this guy wants this bike but with this crank and these bars this could be the perfect match but not this one this girl has a bike to sell and thousands of people might purchase it eyes on bikes help grow small businesses his hers yours and the latest data and insights help those businesses keep moving we are the world's number one bike marketplace with over 500,000 products and 900 brands where buyers and sellers are brought together in a place where a bike is never just a bike bike exchange where the world buys sells learns and rides life is like a two-way street it's about consideration and mutual respect roads are much the same however you get around walk ride or drive if we share our roads we can all be safer the amy gillett foundation is australia's peak cycling safety charity our mission is for safe cycling in australia our vision is for zero cyclist deaths. Over the last year, we've seen an enormous increase in people taking up cycling, 
whether it be for recreation, with the family, commuting or even to start your own cycling career. We need to do more to make it safer for every cyclist. 20 cyclists every day are hospitalised and one cyclist is killed every 10 days on Australian roads. So, the next time you jump on your bike or hop in your car, remember to practice the four C's. Be courteous, calm, considerate and conscientious. Every cyclist's death is preventable and we all deserve to get home safely. Please donate to help the Amy Gillett Foundation make the road safer for you and for me. Thanks again to Bike Exchange and, of course, some great messages there from the Amy Gillett Foundation, beautifully voiced over by the voice of cycling, Phil Liggett. Uh, now, we've lost Bills. The rugby's back on, so he's kept off. And I think uh, it might have something to do with Jane Walters' comment. She says, forget the men. The real race will be the women. So many top ladies who could put the D Dutch under pressure. And by the way, Sam will owe me $20 when Philippe doesn't make top 10. So he's obviously got some deck collectors <laughs> coming after him there. But uh, as we said before the break, we're going to be joined by Donna Ray Selinski, who was a superstar on the episode the other night. Donna, <laughs> welcome to the show. And, and well done for reigning Iffy in because, as we know, he cuts a lot of our guests off. He, he did it a couple of times, but I thought you did a good job. Thank you, Dan. It was my pleasure. And it's lovely to see you, Phil. <laughs> nice to see you, Donna. And in fact, Trish's doing the breakfast here. Sends her love. Ah, oh, and the same back, and the okay. same back. <laughs> now, let's move our attention to the women's road race, and let's have a quick look at the profile. Uh, what are the major changes compared to the, the men's profile, Donna? Uh, to be perfectly honest, Dan, I haven't looked at the men's race. I'm more interested in the women's, sorry. <laughs> well, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. Let's just focus on the, the, the course itself. What, what are your first impressions of the course? Oh, it's, it's fantastic. It's a, a, a lovely, typical Belgian course. Um, I love the finishing circuit. Uh, 15-kilometre circuit, 30 corners in that 15K circuit. Um, as we saw with the under 23 race, it's, uh, yeah, you've got to be able to hold position. So yeah, bring it on. I can't wait. Belgium is my second home. Well, after Australia and Canada. And that makes you third. Third. Well, Canada and Australia. You're right. I can't count, Phil. Um, it's just breaking my heart not to be there. Mine too. <laughs> yes, I'm but sure. Donna, while we're talking about women's cycling just at the moment with a, a world championship, it's not that long ago when the furthest you could race uh, women's races was 75 kilometres. And now look at this, 157 kilometres for the world championship. How times have changed. Oh, and the standard of women's racing, the depth of the racing yeah. is just incredible. Um, the racing is on, you know, it's on from the start. It's yes. just riveting to watch. Yeah, it's come a long way, Phil. It has. It has. Yeah. No, we, we, had, we had Chloe Hosking on uh, the show a couple of weeks ago, and uh, there's another rider that John said, you are my favourite for the road race uh, for the World Championship. Is that still holding water, John? You still reckon Chloe's going to get the chocolates? She's not my red hot favourite. You've done it again. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, I would love to see her win. And 
uh, you know, she's come, come back fantastically. And I, if, 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 give her a sniff. If, if they close it down. But I just think the Dutch will make it uh, too hard. It's just too strong. Uh, and I think uh, it, it'll be one of the Dutchies. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go with a little bit of an outside. I'm going to go for Demi Vollering. I, I reckon uh, she, she could win it. Wow. You're laughing, you're laughing Donna. Is, is Iffy I, way off or what? This just shows you how well I know Iffy. She's my my choice as well. Uh, really? Yeah, wow. the, yeah, yeah. She's just been amazing. I, I have so much respect for what she's capable of doing. Um, but I also have to say that you've got to go for one for either like a Belgian like Lotto Kopecky, who's been outstanding this year as well. My heart bled for her in Tokyo. Um, so I reckon she's gonna. Uh, yeah. She's another one of my choices. One of the, the, oh, the Dutch are obviously the Dutch are obviously the, the team to beat. Uh, they're all ex world champions. I mean, uh, the trouble is they might get themselves a little bit confused as they did in the Olympic Games road race, and they they finished second thinking they'd won. Um, oh, Phil, do you think and, they're going to make that same mistake? Well, you, the trouble is they're all so good. Um, and if you're going to pick one from them, I'd go for Chantel Black to might might be the one to win the title. I don't know. But uh, I think Van Vluten appears to be going off her form just at the moment. We'll see. Because when she won the world title in Harrogate, that was the finest ride I've ever seen done by a woman cyclist. 100 mm -hmm. kilometres alone in the lead in atrocious conditions over the North Yorkshire Moors. It was the most incredible race. And she is a very, very much an incredible bike rider. But uh, either way, they are the team to beat, I think. But they know it too. So people are going to keep them heavily marked. There's plenty of room for surprise here. So, so Donna, how do the Aussies have to race this one? They need to cover the moves. Um, they need to be there and be present. In, and then they also need to... Uh, Make sure that Chloe doesn't have to do anything till the end if it does end up being that sort of bunch finish. If he, yeah, exactly. Look, we've got to put Spratty in there with a chance. I mean, she's been so good in the world championships over the last couple of years with second and third placings, but she hasn't got the form of uh, this year uh, of those previous years. So, um, I don't believe that Amanda can win. So, I think they really have to. The chance for Australia to win this is with Chloe. And so they'll need to negate everything and, and, and hope that it comes back to a – it won't be a huge bunch finish. And when I talked about a bunch finish in the men's, it's not going to be a huge bunch. But um, that that's our, our one hope of, uh, of winning that world title is for it to be a, a, a small bunch and Chloe still be there and then she can outspread everybody. Do, do you think, Donna, going in knowing that there's so many other super teams out there that – you know, you're sort of caught between do we ride aggressive or do we ride sort of reactive, you know, because if, if you are worried and they get in your head, that can obviously affect your results as well. I would much rather be aggressive. Like if you're just going to follow moves, then you're letting everybody else dictate. I would rather be going on the front foot and uh, trying to create some moves personally. Yeah. If he... We're, we're lucky. I was going to say that... Sorry, sorry, Chloe. No, no. Uh, I'm just going to say we have sorry. enough riders. We've mm. got, you know, a full qualified seven riders, so go for it. Ify? Yeah, well, 
that's how you want to race, but I don't think that's going to deliver the Australian result that they want. The Italians also are pretty strong because you've got uh, Bestinelli, who, who was world champion back in 2007, uh, and then Elisa uh, Balsamo, and then uh, Longo uh, Borghini as well, Elisa Longo Borghini, who is very aggressive cyclist. I love to watch her race. Uh, she'll be she'll be one who could very well get up the road. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it's going to be a great bike race. And it won't be a bunch sprint. It will not be a bunch sprint. Uh, so I'm sorry, but uh, Hoskin won't win this one. Um, mm. The course itself will decide um, the, the champions. We saw the way the juniors and the under-23s attack this course. Um, there's always somebody thinking they can do it. And the, the run into the finish has got those three climbs. One's quite so the second to last climb is the hardest. Then you've got the uphill just before the finishing line. I cannot see it'll be a bunch of men. It will produce a real strong world champion for sure. And it doesn't have to be the grand favourite. It's the man or the woman who makes the move at exactly the right moment yeah. that there's no response and they win alone, as they did yeah. with the, with the, the under-23 men yesterday. It's too hard, of course, too hard. Yes, he, he did. And then there was a bunch of... 40 bike riders. So yeah. it, it, that was nearly a bunch sprint film. Was it was it 40 bike riders in <laughs> yeah, that one? Yeah, it was thir 36, I think there were. Well, they are. You're exaggerating riders. again. <laughs> <laughs> told you a million times not to exaggerate, Phil. <laughs> but, but Donna, do you find that the world is notorious for dishing up surprise results? I mean, like the year Rachel Nayland ran second, I mean, that wasn't expected. But, uh, you know, anything can happen on the day when it's a race at the end of the season. Um, that actually I'm might be advice. Cool. That actually might be advice I'd give to my bike riders that the favorite rarely wins. Mm. So there you advice. go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Donna, what would be your final advice to the women's team uh, before they tape up, which isn't too far away? <sighs> that you have to ride good position to be there. Um, you have to always to back each other, to stick with the plan, and to be brave, brave and smart. Like when mm. I talk about I would go on the attack, I wouldn't go stupidly on the attack, but it, you know, I just don't like going into a race with a, a mindset of we're just going to wait and see what everybody else does. Well, the guys earlier were talking about how narrow the roads are on this circuit, and if it splits, you can't make position on these climbs. Well, you're not going to help yourself if you're not in good position most of the time, are you? So you've got to. That's got to be your mindset to try and ride as good position as you can for as much as you can. Mm, absolutely, I think you've got to ride the race in the first thirty because this is the sort of nature of the course. Um, mm. And avoid the accidents, of course, which will come. Uh, there's yeah. no ch choice. I mean, Belgium is is a superb country. It's made for bike racing, but boy, it's always tense from the minute the race starts. Never mind the finish being four and a half hours away. It's tense from the first kilometer because you can lose your race in those first kilometers. You've got to be right in the action from the gun. Yeah. So who's your who's your final tips for the women's road race? Who was your tip again, Johnny? Volering. And Donna, you're the same? Oh, I think she's one of them. I also like um, uh, a lot of Pecky. And what about Corinne Rivera? 
Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure she'll like the course. I don't know. Well, what about Lizzie Dignan? I mean, she's aiming for her third peak of the year and she's riding very well. And she's fallen in love with Patrick Lefebvre. So there should be a good, <laughs> a good result there um, as she tries to prove him completely wrong with his comments about uh, women's teams. And um, and she's very aggressive and uh, she's really switched on. And she's a, she, she will monitor the moves, but I think she won't have the great backup from the team. So we'll see. Well, there's a lot of talk about Tony I'm Martin's going for last race. Black, there's a lot of talk about Tony Martin's last race. What about Vanderbregen? It's uh, is this going to be her last yeah. race, Donna? It is. It is. Yes, yeah, it, is. Her, it is her last race. Um, yeah. and then she will be doing DSing, as will Yolene Dore is going to be DSing next year. So it's have her last ever, race. Have they ever had a world champion that takes the jersey but then retires and they don't wear it um, the next year? You know this no. field, wouldn't you? No, no. Well, Paul, Paul Sherwin retired after he won the British National Road Race Championship and started to work with me. Um, <laughs> he never rode his year as world champion. Uh, I can't think of one offhand, I'll be honest. A world mm. champion, I can't think of one. I'm sure there must have been sure. I can't think of one. Yeah. It should be like the Tour de France, where if you don't wear the I jersey, many, you can pass it I down can think of a million group. flops after they win the world title and never win a race wearing the jersey. Yeah, but, um, that wasn't the case for Julian Alaphilippe, as I said earlier. He's a fantastic world champion. He was. He has been. He has been. Uh, right. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And has yeah. been. Could become as green from tomorrow night. Uh, um, Jane wants to say, what about name Fisher Black? Watch out for the Kiwis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she's good. I, I got to tell you, when I was doing a little bit of research. Yes, we'll look out. Or, Good heavens, we're taking this detail very seriously. <laughs> yeah, I, hope it, I hope it wasn't Wikipedia again. <laughs> no, no, a couple of days ago, actually, when I was doing it before, I had uh, the, the three uh, um, top women of cycling on our podcast. Um, I was going through all the teams. I was absolutely staggered by how many Kiwis there are racing at the top level in women's cycling now. It actually mm. really surprised me just how many there were. Yeah. Which is good to see. That's good research, John. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of the other night, how yes. cool is it that we now have, after we discussed it, uh, there will be recognition of the world's top under 23 next year. Power of the Can detour. Exactly there you right, go. Donna. Oh, Predicted. I, I, I hadn't heard the announcement. Was this decided at the uh, UCI meeting yesterday? Yeah, so it's not a separate race, Phil, unfortunately. They're going oh. to the top-ranked under-23 in the elite road race. Right. So there's lots we don't know yet. It's going to be really um, interesting to see if they allow more starters, which I can't see them happening, or whether it's just going to yeah. be who the best under-23 is in the yeah. race. It'll have great implications for the, um, you know, potentially for the way some teams are selected. Mm. Well, Sarah Gianti's comments she made, she absolutely right she was, that uh, it's a disgrace in modern days that we don't have an under-23 world title for women. I mean, just doesn't can't happen. So Well, we mm. said the same, Phil, and then yeah. straight away they listened to us and it's <laughs> happened. So, if, it's brilliant. If they must have heard me say, I was promised it last decade, and That's it still wrong. hasn't happened. Do you reckon they were really? listening? Yeah. yeah. It took him a I while. I remember. So Donna's, uh, I have to give her age up a little bit here, but Donna and I raced against each other uh, back in the 80s. It was the end of my career and the beginning of hers, I suppose. 
But uh, we raced against each other in a few races around the Geelong region. Uh, and together we were a great team. So we just did it again. Yeah. <laughs> wow. There you go. Well, we, we and- have had a few representatives of the UCI on here and we've given them a hard time every time they've been on the show. So uh, they're definitely taking notice for sure. What were we going to say, Donna? I was just going to say, and John and I still ride together occasionally around the crit course in Geelong. We do. Yeah. Yep. As as Donna is lapping me, she stops and has a bit of a talk and then she takes off again. That's not how it goes. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Well, yeah, no, it should be fantastic. I'm going to stick with Chloe Hosking. I know you don't think she's going to do it, Phil, but I'm a Look, man I of hope word. She does. I said she was a favourite to her face and I stick to it. So uh, Great I'm back her all in. Yeah, back all it's in. It's a tough course for her to conquer, I must confess, but it will yep. be a wonderful result. I agree. It's going to be fantastic. Anything you want to add before we wrap things up, Ify? Oh, look, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to it tonight. Mm. And uh, uh, I think it's going to be a wonderful race. And anything like the, the, the uh, under-23s, well, I think the juniors are just about to finish, actually. Uh, uh, will Wizard says, last 4K of the junior road race is going to be Great Britain or USA win. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. My goodness. Magnus Backstead's daughter is one of the favourites. Well, yeah. Maggie, of course, was a great bike rider. He still is the only Swedish rider to win a stage of the Tour de France. But I'll tell you what, his daughters are sensational bike riders. Mm. And uh, the medal already at the world. So. Great Britain. Well, I, Maggie will be beside himself. He's so proud. GB1. So uh, I wonder who it was. Hmm. Well, uh, I hope it was Baxter. Yeah. I'll, there I'll you go. John's on the on. They're the wonderful thing, is he? A man in Australia telling somebody in London who won just over the road in Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, no. uh, the uh, good stuff. Yeah. What were you going to say, Donna? I just have to ask to say this one thing. So, John Trevorrow, I have spent a career as a coach in a DS telling my athletes that talk with your legs, not with your mouth. And before a race, let your legs do your talking. And for the you are just for you, this is the first time ever that I have gone and made predictions about riders before a race in public. Just for you. We are are breaking news here on the detour. uh, It's fantastic. Everyone, yes, everyone, Zoe Baxter is the new world champion. There you go. She got second in the TT. That's amazing. I would have loved to she did. To the and she's, won, she's won the world championship. Mag- Magnus Jimmy. was commentating on, on for, for one of the TV stations. I wonder oh, how he, oh, he probably was on. That. He probably was. Yes, he probably was. Yeah. Oh my goodness me! Oh dear! Oh. I'd love Are to you fine, that. gentlemen, aware that the average speed for the winning under nineteen female in the time trial the other day was forty six kilometers an hour? It's amazing. Jeez. I got See, up to that last last week myself. Downhill. Yes. Downhill. <laughs> so I don't ride, Donna. So is that good? Is that fast? I didn't hold <laughs> it for fun. an hour, though. That sounds really fast. Yeah, yeah that's, that's good. No, it's um. Oh, the world is changing fast. I'll tell you. But that's oh, can't, I was so happy for uh, for Magnus Baxter. He lives yeah, in Wales here. Nice. Uh, because I'll tell you a little story about Magnus and his wife. Go for mm-hmm. it. Because. Um, when, John, you organized the Mount Buller Cup all those years ago, and we finished on top of Mount Buller, uh, I was given an extremely nice room. And uh, it was uh, like a penthouse in the hotel overlooking the top of Mount Buller. And Maggie had just met his girlfriend. 
And he asked me if I'd move out just for one night uh, of my lovely suite, which I did. And he married that girl. And he's had two great daughters. So if it wasn't for you, Phil. And now one's a world champion. They wouldn't have had the world champion. Nah, nah, there you nah, go. Hey. Wait, it was the bay, it was the summer cycling. It was the bay crits, mate. John organized it. They met at the bay crits. And like this is a true story. When when they had their first child, Magnus sent me a a message, said, Thanks, Johnny. It wasn't for you, we would never would have met. Well, there you go. It's yeah. We need to get the bay crits back and you could team up with Married at First Sight and you know you could do something. I've got to tell you, Dan, I've got to tell you something. on Wednesday this week, I went to a lunch of old time cyclists, and there was a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And you can't believe this, but a guy I hadn't seen for years came up to me, and I couldn't remember his name, and he said, do you remember me? I said, no. He said, I met you in Williamstown at the Bay Crits Classic. Oh, Honestly, yeah. that's what he – I said, I don't believe this. I said, I'm just going to have to tell John Tavaro. <laughs> <what I told you." laughs> I love it. Oh, isn't that great? I, I thought you, I... I you were going to say, I'm your accountant, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God, no. Don't mention that. <laughs> I just, just before we, we went on air, I got a call from Donnie Allen, who we had on the podcast yes. a few weeks back, mm-hmm. great legend. Uh, and he said, look, I've just had a, been talking to Steel Bishop. Steel was a you know, sensational world pursuit champion, whatever. And he said, Steel wants to come over, he lives in the West next year, um, COVID allowing, uh, and he wants to catch us all together. We've got to celebrate 50 years since the Munich Olympics. So I've got to get in touch with oh, all of the, uh, uh, the, the the bike riders. There's, you know, there's Danny Clark, there's uh, Johnny Nicholson, um, Remo Cincinnati, um, Donny uh, Allen, of course, and um, Clyde Sefton, um, uh, Johnny Bilsma. Uh, yeah, so Phil Sawyer, we're going to get the whole mob together. Uh, so I'll twist uh, um, uh, Jerry's, Jerry's arm. arm. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll have it at, have it at the Prince. Uh, or maybe yep. we'll even come up to Nagambi and have it at the beautiful Mitchelton Hotel. But, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sure you'll, you'll milk a deal, John. There'll be, there'll be <laughs> something that you'll be cooking for sure. Thanks for tuning in, guys. YouTube.com forward slash the Detour Podcast. Thanks for joining us, Donna. Thanks to our guest, Richard Moore, Bernard Moorman, uh, Jamie Anderson and of course Sam Buley, Tommy Hogan, great show, great host and guests. Thanks, Tommy, and thanks for all the comments. And we'll see you again on Tuesday night for a special edition of the Detour Podcast. Phil will be there if he'll be there, and we'll be chatting with the guys at the uh, Flannery Hotel. It's going to be a great episode. Stay tuned for that, and uh, all the best to everyone racing the World Championships. Go the Aussies! We'll see you. Yeah, again have, on Tuesday. have a super weekend, everyone. It'll be take real it fun. easy. And who, uh, before we go, Johnny, who are you tipping in the AFL? Demons or the Dogs? Uh, I'll go for the Demons. It'd be nice to see after all those years. I'm just hey, devastated. The storm just got rolled. Oh, I've never oh, heard of the Demons or the Dogs, and no, I thought I knew no. AFL. So what's their real names? Melbourne Demons and the Western Bulldogs or the Footscray Bulldogs. Oh, oh the Bulldogs. Oh, the Bulldogs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who do you reckon's going to win, Phil? Uh, I don't know. It'll be one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you on Tuesday, guys.